Hi, this is Richard Edelman, and you're listening to The Trust Makers. Morning, this is Richard Edelman. I'm joined by Antonio Lucio for the first ever episode of Trustmakers. Trustmakers is going to be a bi-monthly podcast uh, done in conjunction with Advertising Week. And we are going to be talking about the importance of building trust in brands and corporations. Antonio, as many of you know, uh, is probably the most famous CMO in the business, having worked at Facebook, at Visa, at HP, He's now on his next mission to bring greater diversity to the industry. I can tell you um, when he was a client at HP, he was the first one to insist on numbers every quarter of the diversity of our teams, which was an incredible contribution to Edelman, forcing us in the right direction. And we have made huge strides. Thank you, Antonio. So Antonio, let's just get right to it. In your opinion, does trust drive growth? And if so, why? Good morning, uh, Richard, and great to be here with you today. I think trust will become the new brand equity within the marketing and communication fields. We already have data uh, from the Edelman story that actually shows that the, the significant level of correlation between trust and long-term growth. The consumers that we're facing today, particularly younger millennials and Generation Z, expect to know the values and mission uh, and character of, uh, of, of the companies they buy products from. And that is research after research has proven that. So more and more uh, companies are going to need, a more, need to take a more purposeful uh, and intentional stand in defining what they do, what they, why they do it, and what are the values that the company uh, embraces. So historically, that's been the remit of the corporation, that uh, purpose and CSR and whatever has uh, sat with the chief communications officer. What's the change? Is it that suddenly we have belief-driven buyers? Well, the, 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 the big change is that normally in times where you and I grew up, that was the subject matter of the corporate communications, and it was mainly aimed at elite. The big difference now is that reputation and trust matters to consumer in their buying decisions more than brand equity. Brand equity is a a brand value within the context of the category. Brand trust is that plus doing it within the societal context that is relevant to the consumers and or citizens that you serve. That immediately, immediately changes the game because comms and marketing and policy and even HR need to be working closer together so that there is consistency in the narrative related to the what and the why a company uh, operates. So in that sense, it is a very different game. The, The corporate brand needs to behave like a consumer brand. Consumers need to know Uh, The product brands need to link back into the corporate values or consumers are not going to want to purchase your products. And then you're going to have to do this in an integrated way through employees, elites, clients, consumers, and opinion leaders. That's what's different. 
Antonio, let's go more about the employees. So we found in our first studies uh, during the pandemic that uh, one of the key motivators for consumers to buy brands is whether or not those companies and brands were protecting the employees with PPE and you know, time off away from the workplace or rapid tests, whatever. Do you think this connection of stakeholders is a permanent phenomenon post-pandemic? Absolutely. And uh, again, I've had the privilege of working in companies that have been around for 100 years, as well as companies that have been around for 17, which is the case of, uh, of the, fa- the Facebook uh, company and all, all, all its apps. If you looked at tech today, it's a reflection of what the rest of the world will be tomorrow, which is the bulk of your population are going to be young millennials and Generation Z. They expect, your employees expect to have a voice in everything and anything that you do. And they expect to have the space to actually voice um, their feelings. That's not going to change. There are the tools available through technology to actually allow that. So the first order of the day is that you have to finally focus on your employees as your number one priority in terms of stakeholders, because without those uh, company and or brand ambassadors, nothing else really matter. They're, they're going to call it as it is, more so than any other stakeholder. So let's just talk about uh, the component parts of trust. So in our studies, we find it's ability, which means I can do something, dependability, meaning I can do it all the time, integrity, which means that I do it with a purpose. Um, also, the, the aspect of what does it mean about myself? Um, and last is um, that, in fact, there is a mission somehow. How do you look at those five component parts? And it does it depend by category on which matters most? I don't, I, 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 I don't think it, it, it changes by, by categories. The, the, to me, the, the, first thing, the first thing is you, you need to be very clear and intentional about what you do and why you do it and what your values are. That's what, that, that is your North Star. That is what should drive every single uh, action uh, that, that, that you do. Number two, just like, just like you said, you have to be intentional in the application of those principles across every single interaction and across every single stakeholder. And then when you mess up, because you will mess up, like every single company that I've worked for and every single company that I have read, read through, if they're blessed enough to stand the test of time, you're going to mess up. Uh, that means that you stand up you acknowledge, and then you work hard to fix those those, uh, those issues. For some companies, it's as simple as fixing a cap. For other companies, it's going to take years to actually be able to fix, you know, artificial intelligence to drive um, uh, new, new dimensions of, of technology. Um, uh, and then you have to be able to, every time that you are implementing these actions, to be, to, to be able to enter into conversation with all your different stakeholders so that they understand your point of view of uh, and the why of the actions that you're taking. So that's that 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 playbook is consistent regardless of uh, where you are. Unfortunately, as you know, it is not consistently applied in most categories and in most companies. And Antonio, as you look at trust, that trust is highest now in business, well ahead of government, media, NGOs, and for the first time, in fact, uh, you know, business has passed NGOs. It's the only one seen as both ethical and competent. Is that why uh, brands are expected to speak up on issues ranging from race to sustainability 
to education? And is there some limit to what brands should take on? Number one, uh, as your trust barometer has indicated, Richard, and it's a global phenomenon, is that, you know, we don't trust the institutions that usually were the lighthouses of good and purpose in the world, whether that is government or even the bastions of, of the press. It, it has become polarized. It has become uh, geared to follow very specific agendas. And the same holds true, I would say, about NGOs uh, in general. So within that context, the fact that corporations that have stood the test of time uh, are, are raising their level of profile is not surprising to me. And it's an opportunity that I think the business, um, the business world ne- ne- needs to tackle and take, ad- take advantage of. Uh, going to your second question, which is very a very important question indeed, is I think that it is important for corporations to take a stand in, in issues that are relevant to citizens. But corporations have to be very purposeful and very, and they have to make very tough strategic choices as to the issues that they're going to embrace and lead, the issues in which they are going to collaborate with the industry, and then the issues that they're going to just react to. Um, To me, uh, it is important that every corporation looks at two filters, relevance within the context of the business and values to be able to then select what are the issues, the societal issues that they're going to drive because it's important for the business and it's important for their values, which are the ones in which they will fly as a flock, if you will, with the rest of the industries and the ones they're going to be reacted to. What a, comp- what a company should not do is to stand up every single week on every single issue, whether that issue is one day is race, the other one is health, the other one is sustainability, the other one is gun control, the other one is the borders and so on and so forth. I think corporations have to make that strategic choice so that they can actually earn credibility within the space and that people really understand what they stand for. So one of the paradigm brand examples is Dove, having taken a position about campaign for real beauty, about women's self-image. And that's now expanded into areas like the Crown Act so that young women can go to school with their hair natural, people of color. And also, it's expanded so that uh, Dove Men is now saying, uh, you know, look at young men of color for what they are. They did a campaign uh, related to the NCAA basketball and said, these are not just athletes. They go on to be politicians and business people and artists and architects. So see Black men for who they are. Is that a good example of purpose-driven, but also action by a brand? The, the answer is yes and, <laughs> meaning um, uh, within today's world, uh, and I'll give you an example, Dove has been very consistent within the context of what they, what they are about, uh, real, real beauty, if you will, and, and, and real beauty that is, it's who you are, not, not you conforming to any preconceived notions by the media, so on and so forth. But there was a time where there was significant inconsistency between Dove the product brand and Unilever the company, where there were other products that did not fit that level of consistency. In today's world, a company like Unilever, for example, which is a great purpose-driven company, understand that there has to be consistency between the values that they embrace as a corporation and the type of messages that they actually communicate through each and every one of of their brands. So now 
the concept of dove women and men embracing who they really are within the umbrella of Unilever's broader sustainability message is to me the the the, the model of what b building brands in the trust era is all about a very strong corporate brand that understands what they're for why they do things and what are their values and then manifested in a product that is actually delivering meaningful product benefits to consumers but within within a broader uh, more purposeful agenda that is relevant to the, the communities that they serve to me that's the that 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 is the, the the best example yeah and on the axe brand for example the uh switch to how a young man should treat a young woman was a major step forward in that regard i want to talk a bit now about channels and means of marketing do you feel that advertising continues to have a trusted position among consumers? Or do you see in a world of more horizontal peer-to-peer -peer, that the talk at is a challengeable proposition that people prefer converse with? Yeah, yeah I, I, um, I, I don't think we should talk about ads uh, any, anymore. I think we should talk about meaningful, uh, meaningful interactions. And those meaningful interactions can take many, many, many shapes. A piece of film can be a meaningful interaction. A white paper can be a meaningful interaction. A very arresting editorial could be a, a, a piece of action. I, I, I think what we, what we have is a unique moment where, um, you know, the silos need to be broken so that we can provide the level of content that consumers expect or want within the context of their life and within the relevance of, of the categories that we are, we are pursuing. And everything is game. Every single challenge, every single channel is an opportunity. I'll give you one very specific example, Richard. There is this initiative that was brought in by two women in a desk called This Little Girl Is Me. And it was about Women just posting the messages that they would give their 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 younger self with a picture of themselves as kids and and their current self and I mean yeah. it just went the, the all the CMO community all the females of the CMO community were participating they were unveiling beautiful things about themselves that no one no one ever knew before you had celebrities doing it you had politicians doing it and. That is meaningful content, that and and that is and that is two people in in one desk coming up with a brilliant idea and releasing it into the into the universe. So the the that that's the good news. The good news is that you can you should not be confined by the advertising agency does this, the PR agency does that, the content agency does this. The, the ideas can I, come I, from everywhere. I, I, I love that point. I mean, it's really related to the uh, Ajinomoto campaign that we did um, during the height of uh, COVID when there were all sorts of accusations about, you know, Kung flu and this was all caused by China and people stopped going to Chinese restaurants because maybe they would get sick. And we got a bunch of influencers to say, hashtag take out hate because this was actually anti-Asian hate and it needed to be stopped. And actually Chinese food sales soared because people wanted to be part of fixing bias. And so brands need to be quick and they need to be brave and they need to get the mass population juiced up partly through influencer and partly just by giving them quality information. 
Now, Antonio, on the quality information thing, you have had 18 months at Facebook and it's a issue in society at the moment about who's getting what information, whether it's about vaccination, whether it's about you know voting. And so can you reflect a little bit about that experience and what you would tell marketers about how to get good information to the consumer? Again, when it comes to the platform, the social media platforms and to Facebook in particular, that is getting uh, the brunt of it today. But frankly, many of the issues that are identified uh, transcend the, fa- the Facebook platform. This is the way that I see it, Richard. It's the way that I've always seen it. I have never seen in my life platforms of this size and impact ever. The, the, co- the, the, the communities that, for example, the Facebook company service is bigger than the populations of India, China, and the United States combined. No, no government uh, has, uh, has to do that. And, 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 and therefore, the ability to get things done within the context of, of that scale is, is more complex than people give the company credit for. There's a lot of good that has come out of bringing the world closer together. I connect with people from different phases of my life that in the past I would have completely um, uh, forgotten of le- or left it just in the, in the memory bank. And there is a, there is a lot of good uh, in it. There's also significant damage. L- the law of unintended consequences uh, applies to this as much as to any, any development in science. Uh, more needs to be done to actually figure out information, misinformation, fake news. Um, the, it, it is going to be impossible without more direct government scrutiny. No company, no person should have the power that Facebook has. But it's going to be very important that we figure out how to do it. Right now, within the context of the United States, Richard, you know this very well, if um, uh, uh, controlling and getting involved with Facebook uh, was done by the Biden administration, it would mean some very specific things. If it was done under a Republican administration, it would mean completely the opposite. One will require more censorship. The other one actually will, will mean something else. So we need to get, as a society, we need to get our stuff together so that we can agree on what is it that these platforms uh, need to do. The platform needs to assume more responsibility, act faster on many of these issues, particularly rela- related to misinformation and also on really understanding the impact on mental well-being on, on everything that we're doing, uh, we're, we're doing today. That's where I stand. Um, that, that's how I feel. And, and I think that that's what needs to happen. So we have two minutes left just to try and bring the conversation together. If you were back in a CMO role, and taking on this uh, sort of new responsibility of trust. And the game plan would be, you want advocates and you want people to buy your new products and you want people to stay loyal if there's a crisis and you want them to participate one way or another as, as your spokespeople. What's the play, Antonio? Give me three things that a CMO should be thinking about. The first thing is that the CMO needs to bring together the chief communication officer, the, the head of HR and the head of policy together with the CEO and agree what the corporate narrative is going to be within the context of the actions that the company it need, needs to, to take. Importantly, what are the, the societal issues that the company is going to own relative to the ones that they're going to support relative to the ones that they're just going to react to. So that's, that's one. Number two, the, that an integrated action plan needs to be developed because at the end of the day, this is not about talking. It is about uh, it is about doing. And number three, you need to have a very uh, a good 
crisis communication team because issues will happen within the year and, and you need to be ready to react to it through actions and through great, great narrative. For me, Antonio, I, I think brands need to see their bigger opportunity and bigger responsibility. Consumers are prepared to switch brands if the company stands up and speaks up on the issues that matter to the consumer. Sustainability, diversity and inclusion, treatment of women, all of these are mandatory. Then there are optionals, gun control or others, but be in the discussion, be part of it, be quick and take the chance to speak up. Don't put your head down and duck because you're going to miss the consumer who's waiting for you to lead. Thanks very much, Antonio. Our first episode was brilliant. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. Bye. Thank you for tuning into The Trustmakers, an Edelman podcast in partnership with Advertising Week, where we speak with leaders and other trust builders across institutions. See you next time.